Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Thanks for joining us here now on Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans. And Steve McDonald is in the house. Good morning, Steve. Here I am. Good morning, You Nick. are. <laughs> well, I'm not, I wasn't totally certain about that. I'm mostly here. Yeah. <laughs> much as I can be. <laughs> well, certainty is, uh, is a thing in short supply these days, it would seem. I don't know how many people actually feel certain about that much out there. Um, that's a question you can ask yourself this morning. We're going to be talking to some degree about uncertainty generally in these times. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting times. Uh, lots going on and we'll look at some uh, current affairs, some cosmic weather reports and various other things and talk about the general feeling of uncertainty around Mm. what's going to happen and and the need for patience at this time. Mm. Yeah, we like to look often at the psychological results of the current times that we're living in, how it impacts your psychology, your emotionality, uh, how you respond to each other and how you respond to the the various uh, very difficult topics that flood our uh, our news reports, flood our social media every day, and angles all over the place. And there's an acronym which we've used quite often uh, here before called VUCA, V-U-C-A, used originally by the American military. Of course, it stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. It was the response of the U.S. Army War College to the collapse of the U.S.S.R. in the early 1990s. Uh, and then the United States War College then uh, adopted that uh, terminology following the 9-11 ter- uh, terrorist attacks in 2001 as military planners were worried about the radically different and unfamiliar international security environment that had emerged. So they used VUCA to describe it. But of course, VUCA extends way beyond military use. We're in a stage of life on Earth, arguably, that is volatile, that is uncertain, complex and certainly ambiguous. Bay FM 99.9. One step ahead of reality as we know it. 916 here on Bay FM. You're tuned to Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald. And we're talking today loosely but strongly about uncertainty and its various manifestations. And um, starting, I guess, right out in the cosmos, let's begin there. Yeah, uh, let's have a look at space weather. So, you know, a recent space weather update. Uh, there is a report that cosmic ray impact is very high at the moment and this is a result of uh, the solar minimum phase that we're going through so the sun's activity is quietened right down uh, almost no sunspots uh, on the sun at the moment and the implications for the earth are that the solar wind which is normally emitted by the sun and blows over the earth has a protective effect on the earth in terms of shielding us from cosmic ray impact and uh, we're talking there about uh, interstellar radiation mm. that comes from deep space. And uh, when the solar wind dies back, uh, then there's less uh, magnetic protection around the Earth. And uh, it has a whole bunch of implications, including uh, for weather and uh, our health and uh, seismic activity, volcanic activity, mm. and, and other sorts of things. There's a study going on at the moment 
uh, on airlines, uh, airline uh, transport aircraft where they're measuring cosmic ray impact up at altitude. And um, there's some videos getting around on the web where people have got test tubes full of water uh, on the flights and when they're up at altitude, uh, if a cosmic ray impacts the test tube, you'd actually see a trail of bubbles oh, really? uh, running, wow. running through the, oh. the, the test tube. And you can imagine mm. uh, that happening inside your body as mm-hmm. well because we're mostly water, right? Mm. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's something that's not really on the radar in terms of general health so much. There have been some studies done on the impact of cosmic radiation on pacemakers, and there's certainly mm. yes. um, an increase in uh, health issues for people who have pacemakers. But um, this is, uh, it's an interesting thing to contemplate at the moment because it has potentially very wide um, implications for us. And, uh, and, it, and like I said, it's not on the radar of, of mainstream news or health, really. Um, the, uh, in terms of weather and, and climate change, there is a great study, which we've mentioned on the show before, by a Danish scientist called Svensmark. Uh, into the impact of increased cosmic radiation on cloud cover and effectively what he found was that it increases cloud cover on the planet which increases global cooling uh, and uh, that's something that is probably already happening and uh, we should expect to see more of that as, as we move further into this grand solar minimum period so we're we're in uh, the quiet phase of a normal roughly 11 year solar cycle right now which is why we're seeing increased uh, cosmic ray impact but we're also entering into uh, a much larger cycle called grand solar minimum which happens every three to four hundred years and uh, these cycles are not always consistent so they, their duration does vary um, that's why I'm being a little bit vague about it mm. um, but the grand solar minimum period is forecast to last from 2020 through to about 2055 and uh, or to have a, a net cooling effect on the planet uh, and a, a lot of the science around uh, cosmic radiation and solar activity is yet to be incorporated in climate science so the kind of climate modeling that we see put out by the ipcc part of the united nations doesn't account for these additional solar factors the only solar information that they put into those climate models is pure heat radiation uh, which has a very small impact on our climate and weather generally but there are other uh, aspects such as uh, this cosmic radiation and cloud seeding and also um, magnetic uh, magnetic field influence from the sun which is just not factored into those climate models and uh, we need to update our science fairly urgently really given the, all of the uh, concern about climate change that's going mm. on right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating with that, that uh, the complexity of the model we've talked about, um, chaos theory before and Lorenz's work, uh, using weather patterns and climate to, to come up with the, the, the notion of, uh, of fractals and, and so forth. And so the complexity now is such that we're, you know, it's complex, we know that, but, but not bringing in some of these other factors to me is is indicative of why we're not making decisions about what to what to do on the planet we've just seen the the latest round in madrid of uh, climate change talks which which seems to have got pretty well nowhere yeah uh, and uh, for me personally it, it's an indication somewhere that something isn't right anyway and we kind of know that we're waiting for other pieces of information before yeah, we actually uh, take action somehow i agree i mean there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty and of course there's a lot, a lot of competing interests you know from people who mm. are either very 
very fearful about the impact of climate change, particularly uh, with the, the generally accepted global warming uh, scenario. And then you've got people you know, who are representative of industry or who are being influenced by industry, such as politicians, uh, who are trying to defend their interests, which run counter to um, you know, some of the demands that have been being made by uh, other lobbies. So... Um, a lot of disagreement, but also a lot of uncertainty. And I, I agree with what you say. I think uh, even at a subconscious level, yeah. there's a general feeling out there that we don't have all the information. Something's not quite right. Yes. It doesn't seem to gel. And, and certainly, you know, one of the scientific factors is uh, space weather generally and how it influences mm. the planet. And the fact that this is just not included in uh, climate modelling um, and, and I mean, that's without even uh, going down the road of, of hidden agendas by the United Nations with their, their uh, climate modelling as well. Mm. So um, certainly there's a lot more that needs to be done. And it's no surprise then that the, uh, the recent uh, climate gathering, uh, COP25, I think they call it, uh, has run two days over schedule and has failed to reach any of the uh, agreements that they were hoping to reach. Yeah, I mean, as, as soon as you hear that they're now talking about next November, which is, of course is the time of the next US elections, coincidentally, uh, in Scotland they meet again. So a year goes by before any further decisions are made anyway, really, that yeah. have any impact and any relevance to, to change. So again, yeah. we're in the same sort of situation and many people would be pretty freaked by that. I, I think so too. And um, in times of uncertainty, you know, it's it's not good to act out of fear or panic and uh, and there are some of the uh, potential solutions in inverted commas to the climate challenges that are being put forward at the moment uh, are pretty crazy like uh, the the scheme to block out the sun yeah. <laughs> for example yeah. which I heard uh, I read in the media at least uh, Bill Gates I think was looking at funding mm. um, and you know at, at the end of the day we really don't know what we're doing with those sorts of things I mean we don't fully understand the climate to start with if we did then all of these predictions that have been made for the last 15 20 years would all be coming true but uh, it's, you know they're they're radically uh, different from what's actually happening out there. And what we're really seeing in the real world is uh, climate volatility. Where yeah. We're seeing both extremes of heat uh, and drought and cold mm. uh, and uh, none of the climate models are accurately predicting what's actually going on. And then, of course, you factor in, as we're talking about cosmic rays, the causal effect also on the biopsychosocial uh, being of a human being. And this is, you know, this is fairly early days for this kind of research, no doubt, but uh, the notion that there is increased depression, disorientation, anxiety, um, and depression turning inward into rage. And we're seeing this. So not only is there the physical interaction between these cosmic rays and uh, the and the complex weather patterns of the earth and everything else going on on the planet in a physical way but our, our literally our psychology is being impacted and so our response therefore to the physical manifestations we're seeing because of all these factors is uh it tends to be very confusing for most people very disorienting yeah. and we've seen that in many different ways of manifesting yeah and uh, you know it's hard to uh, determine exactly what the causes are of many of the strange things that are going on in society at the moment but I think everyone would agree that there's there's uh, a lot of anxiety out there at the moment a lot of uh, fringe behaviours mm. seem to be coming to the surface and I've got a, a quote here from a HeartMath Institute a research study which looked at the impact of cosmic radiation on human behaviour uh, and uh, and also um 
cosmic radiation has an effect on geomagnetic uh, fields. And so when uh, we go through these periods of solar minimum and there's increased cosmic radiation, it weakens the geomagnetic fields and often gives rise to geomagnetic excursions, which we're seeing happen right now with the North Pole wandering around. Uh, so that's yes. there's a, a the link there. Pole, the North Pole is lost, if you can help it, it, is. it and find and its and way a, home. Uh, no one's mentioned the impact on Santa and his navigation systems either. Uh, so I'm hopeful we'll hear Mate, more the elves have got it all under control. That. The elves, no, they're, they're, they're plugged into a deeper cosmic uh, they, truth, they, I think. They get lost on their way back to Santa's. Uh, Santa's just shop. a front man. He's just, a, just, a, just like most leaders in the world currently. <laughs> he's just a front man. You're trying to tell me he's got a hidden agenda. <laughs> he's got a hidden something. It's a big, um, it's a big let, suit. Let, back, to the, back to the science. <laughs> Um, let me quote. It's this. Christmas time, folks, so we're having a loose a loose time here around Christmas, as, as you'll find on BFM, generally speaking, at this time of year, and good honours too. Uh, this, uh, this quote is from the HeartMath Research, uh, one, of the one of their research, um, sorry, the HeartMath Institute, one of their research studies. Quote, human regulatory systems are designed to adapt to daily and seasonal climactic and geomagnetic var variations. However, sharp changes in solar and geomagnetic activity and geomagnetic storms can stress these regulatory systems, resulting in alterations in melatonin and serotonin balance, blood pressure, immune system, reproductive, cardiac, and neurological processes. Mm, yes. So, um, you know, we I, again, I, because this is not really on the mainstream radar, who knows uh, to what degree that uh, some of the strange activity and human behaviours that we're seeing in the world at the moment are being impacted by the increased uh, rate of cosmic rays that we're uh, subject to and I'll um, I'll tweet a link to the space weather report on this uh, but it's it's basically got a graph of uh, cosmic ray impact yep. uh, stratospheric radiation they're calling it because they, they measure it up on these airplanes or with balloons uh, for, and from 2015 through to, to uh, December 2009 you can see that the uh, radiation impact is increasing and uh, as i said it's reached a, a high in fact in this article uh, this recent article it says that uh, it's been increasing almost non-stop since the monitoring program began with recent flights registering the highest levels of all it's and it's about 22 percent higher over the last four years that's a very significant increase. It, it is quite significant yeah and uh, there are also implications on seismic and volcanic activity mm -hmm. and of course we had that recent tragic yes, uh, white island in new zealand indeed um, so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, there isn't much it doesn't impact, really. It's, it's really uh, making a, a, a big difference on our life conditions generally. And I'm sure it's, you know, it's part of this uh, massive global shift that we're going through. And as we've said before on the show, you know, that they're, what we're seeing in terms of human values shifting and human behavior shifting is part of a change that really encompasses at least our entire solar system as we are transiting from uh, one part of the galaxy into another and crossing over out of what they call the local cloud uh, into another area of our galaxy called the G-cloud. And that is changing the cosmic weather that we're uh, being exposed to and having an impact on our sun and all the planets in our solar system. I mean, these kind of ideas, you've, you've got to wonder, and, um, and it's a rhetorical question, really, why this sort of information is not in the public sphere. It's just too, for, for uh, arguably the average, if such a thing exists, the average human being to start to think about our position travelling uh, as a planet around a sun through a, 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 uh, a universe, a, um, a 
a galaxy, pardon me, and and all of that embedded in this in this incredibly complex, very long term geometrical structures. Pretty well, most people are just going to go, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not exactly. not interested in defining ourselves. Yeah, and it comes back to our local life conditions and what value system we have adapted to in order to cope with our life mm. conditions. And uh, it, it's true as a general rule as you move through these value systems from simple to to more complex that the perspective you take on life and reality expands. And so in the more simple value systems, uh, and I'm talking yeah. about the, like the early stage value systems that were developed when we were hunter-gatherers and early tribal civilizations and those sorts of things, um, your you know, primary attention is focused on immediate life conditions. Um, and that's, that's not to discount some of the, the cosmic uh, information that... Many we, people in many cultures always all, had. All the cultures had, but yes. you know, argue, you've got to ask yourself where that came from, and mm. it may well have come from sources that, that mm. are not uh, clear in our historical records Indeed. at the moment. Um, but anyway, yeah, and and so as we as we evolve and our perspective expands, you know, we get the capacity to take in more information, consider more things, consider more complexity, mm. and and cope with more complex problems. And uh, as you've just indicated, you know, most people on the planet are not thinking about the solar system and where it's headed right now. Mm. But uh, these things are having an impact on us, even at the lowest and most personal level. Indeed. A couple of texts have come in, and uh, thanks for texting. You can text at any time, 043734 if you're living in this country or anywhere, I guess you can get to us. Uh, it comes up on the screen here so we can uh, respond to you. But uh, two texts have come in uh, when we're talking about blocking out the sun. Uh, the scheme to block out the sun, question mark, is Bill Gates really Mr. Burns? I guess that uh, that refers to The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't know that episode, but I think maybe Mr. Burns tried to block out the sun. Yeah, maybe he did. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I can't either. remember that. Well, The yeah. Simpsons t uh, turns out to be rather... Uh, it's, it's quite predictive. It's Simpsons. quite predictive, yeah. quite amazing. Scarily so. so predicted actually. Trump as president like years ago. I, I know. I know. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. It's pretty scary. Uh, another text has come in too. This too. There's also the rotational aspect of the sun's position on the gravity barry centre of the solar system. I don't know anything about that. Do you? Um, I'm not sure about that terminology, mm. but yeah. uh, it, it, there, it is true that in some of the most recent um, studies in astrophysics, and I'm thinking of uh, Dr. Valentina Zarkova's study, she has documented a an anomaly in uh, the sun's rotation so uh, in the same way that the earth has this wobble on its axis which causes the precession of the, the equinoxes yes. the sun also has a wobble um, and so it's not always an equal distance from the earth and the other planets it moves it has a little wobble in mm. its in its spiraling motion mm. as it's spiraling through the galaxy um, and and also you know it has uh, cycles of activity on its surface and below its surface as well which impact um, the uh, the way that it acts on the planets in the solar system and so the the influence of the sun is not consistent and it does go through its own cycles and there are there are varying cycles which cause overlapping uh, impacts you know sometimes they'll cancel each other out sometimes they'll add together and make for, for stronger impact on the earth mm. the barrier center is actually the center of mass of two or more bodies that orbit one another yeah yeah I, I think it's talking probably yeah. about that anom orbital anomaly yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah very interesting stuff and all these factors and and to me it's so exciting to consider ourselves on this little planet becoming aware of ourselves as a global community 
to the degree that we are and uh, at the same time starting to become aware of our of our position in the solar system and how that works and and then our position within uh, the solar system moving through the galaxy in the different fields that exist out there it's an exciting uh, field of area and as steve is saying it's something that is emerging as we start to emerge into more complex ways of being able to see and adopt and take in this information so it's it's great to see it positively is really good and let's hope that some of these this other science is adopted into the various models of our interaction with the cosmos and with the weather and so forth yeah uh, you know for example the uh, the cosmic ray impact is something that should be being thought about by our mainstream health systems yeah. you know when people present yeah. to the doctor with with issues it's it's one of the potential influences mm. at play yeah mm. very good uh you're tuned to future sense it's the 9 34 here and if you're listening uh, locally then hello to you and um stay cool today and stay present with uh, bay fm and if you're listening somewhere else out there in the world or to our edited podcast g'day to you and thanks for joining us here wherever you are in the world in this globe where we are all on the same ship so to speak you're resonating right now on future sense with steve mcdonald and nick jeans yeah you're tuned to bay from 9:39 here on future sense with nick jeans and steve mcdonald and we're talking today about uh, uncertainty from various directions and uh, complexities as we approach 2020. The amazing year, just just the just the name of this year coming up next year is quite extraordinary. I think 2020 hindsight is 2020 vision. We can't afford hindsight. We need for, forward thinking. That's for sure. And trying to make sense of the uncertainty. Exactly. Yeah. From a big picture point of view, uh, we're talking about the global paradigm shift and our transit through that whole change dynamic. And at the moment, we are heading downhill, I guess, uh, and and downhill in the sense that our scientific industrial era values and all of the behaviours which result from those are clearly not working so well anymore. And that has caused us, uh, humanity in general, to go into a regressive value search. So uh, whether you're conscious of of this going on or, or unconscious of it, you'll tend to be looking to the past and thinking fondly of a time in the past when things worked much, much better than they do today. So um, what the, the regressive value search essentially is going back and trying on old values. And we see this in the, the general regression in politics and, and society where people are moving towards more rigid value sets, going back to more religious kind of value sets. Uh, and uh, and looking for clarity, trying to find some you know clear black and white kind of situation where they can be really clear on what's right and what's not right, and that's proving more and more difficult, of course, at the moment. Yeah, well, of course, we see in Australia the, uh, the what will happen in 2020. Of course, is the pushing forward of the Religious Freedoms Act by this uh, coalition government here, which speaks to that uh, that regressive search to religion as uh, and the freedom supposedly of religion to be as it is and to. Uh, you know, to in some ways not answer to the value systems of other people who might be living uh, at the same time, and to you know to kind of impose, in my view, impose somewhat that the value system of of the great religions, and in the case of Australia, a more sort of fundamentalist, if you will, uh, Christianity upon us in 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 the way that this bill is seemingly configured. Yeah, yeah, very interesting and and quite representative of this regressive value search and. Uh, the in Claire Graves' model, the fourth layer of human values, 
which came after we, we had hunter-gatherer uh, and then traditional tribal and then egocentric or warlike and then the agricultural era emerged after that and during that agricultural era which lasted for thousands of years uh, we saw the rise of all our major structured religions that uh, are common around the world at the moment and and one of the characteristics of that particular value set is you always defer to a higher authority to make your decisions. So uh, rather than, than sort of taking a scientific approach and gathering the evidence and making your own decisions, you're looking to some, someone else's a higher authority's opinion on how things should be done, how life should be lived and what rules should be followed. And th the advantage of doing that is it makes things very clear. You know, if everybody is referencing one rule set, then uh, it makes for a, a much uh, easier and simpler society. The only downside is that you can't solve complex problems with simple rule sets like that. You need to you need to start to look at the shades of grey in between. Mate, the quiet Australians, they don't want to solve complex problems. They want simple problems, jobs and growth. The good thing about you the know? quiet Australians is you don't hear from them, so you, you never really know what they're saying except uh, what the Prime Minister says. Except they, they do vote, that's clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, and, and we're seeing so much of this in politics at the moment. You know, it's people trying to solve very, very complex problems with very simplistic thinking. And, uh, and of course, the, the evolutionary strategy behind that, if we look at the process of evolution itself, the reason that we reach back to these older value sets is actually to speed up the process of change because uh, by going back to simpler rule sets that are even less effective than our contemporary rule sets or values, um, it means that the, it becomes very, very evident very, very quickly that something needs to change radically in order to solve our emerging complex problems. Uh, it's exciting to look at things that way. I just, I just wonder how, uh, what, what a, a curious twist of fate that we, we go backwards, that we find ourselves restricting and becoming uh, tighter in our in our approach to life, many of us, in order to actually accelerate growth. Yeah. And of course, uh, not knowing that that's what we're doing, of course, by definition. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like that elastic band on the slingshot, mm. you know. Uh, you've got to pull it in the opposite direction and then you've got to get that tightness and the tension on the elastic band in order to get the, the, the forward momentum yeah. happening. And, and that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting indeed, uh, and that's playing out in many other ways. Uh, we just had the UK election result come through, of course, and uh, no signs of progress there. Still the regressive value search going on. Yeah, and um, as we were talking about at breakfast this morning, I think it's very interesting with the left in politics, the progressive, greener left uh, region of politics uh, in in our countries, in our supposedly developed and modern democra democracies in the US, uh, in Australia and in Britain, because the left is definitely in disarray. It's the largest defeat by the, uh, the British Labour Party since the 1930s. That's very significant. It is. And I think it's interesting, as I said to you at breakfast, that the left is kind of in some sense is collapsing around the world and perhaps that's exactly the same sort of figure is that collapse that trying to go back to these old socialist ideas even if for many of us they actually make a lot of sense because they they resonate with our value systems more perhaps certainly in the case of myself and yet it's not working they're not getting electric success there's not certainty there there's not leadership there's not sort of thinking outside of the box going on they've sort of painted themselves into the corner and become an easy target I think this is true of the left around the world but perhaps it's a good thing perhaps it's exactly as you're saying this is this regressive search that is going to compel us impel us to move forward much faster at some point 
That's what it is. And, and with the shifting values, the use of that simplistic left mm. and right terminology is becoming more and more uh, inappropriate and more confusing, actually, because because of mm. the, the values uh, regression. You've got, I mean, more recently, uh, you know, in, in the not-too-distant future, the left generally referred to progressive postmodern but going back a little further in history of course the left was old school communism yeah. which was reflective of layer four values yes. uh, rather than layer six values which is the more progressive kind of humanistic way of doing things and i think jeremy corbyn is, is definitely you know leaning towards the layer six emergent values the, the problem he faces though is that he's operating within a social system which has been designed by the old paradigm and so trying to win with progressive values through an old system that was, that was designed for an older set mm. of values is completely problematic. You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, coming up with a, with a, like, you know, say, say we've been uh, working on flat-tipped screwdrivers and screws forever and someone invents the, the, um, the Phillips head screw and you're trying to work it with a flat-tipped screwdriver. And it kind of works a bit, but it doesn't work very well. You've got to make adjustments. You've got, you got to make adjustments. Yeah. And so we actually need to adjust our entire political system uh, to cater for and support the new value set. And it's because the new value set is essentially about decentralisation. Uh, it's... You're trying to implement it through a centralised old paradigm system yeah. such as our current political system is really, really ineffective and, it, and it's probably not going to work very well at all. I mean, we are, we are seeing, having said that, you know, some countries like New Zealand, for example. Finland. And Finland and, awesome. and, and, and others where yeah. they are having some success. But in, in order for it to, to uh, roll out through an old mm. school system, you need, of course, a majority of voters to be... Mm displaying these progressive values. And there's a couple of things there that occur to me because it's been pointed out that the success of New Zealand, and I guess it applies to Finland too, can be uh, argued as partly as a success of a smaller country with a smaller population, much easier to manage uh, a coherent coherent set of strategies towards uh, towards policy. Less complexity. A, less complexity. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the point there. And the other point about Britain that you raised there about the construction of exactly of the system that uh, that everybody is living in. I saw some amazing figures about um, the literally a, a, the gerrymander that exists in Britain because it's a first-past-the-post voting system in that uh, the number of votes it took to gain the seats that were got, for example, the Conservatives, who won, you know, 300 and whatever number, 480-something seats, whatever number they won, they required only 30-odd thousand votes per seat to win those seats. Labor Party, for the number that they that they won, required about 50,000 to win the seats, each of the seats that they won. The Greens, for example, reco reco had uh, 850,000 people voting just to get one seat up. Wow. So there's a huge imbalance there. And in fact, the, the, the same article talks about the Liberal Democrats would have, I think, nearly doubled the number of seats that, the, that they took if there'd been a, a preferential voting system. So there's a great uh, uh, unfair nature to these systems which have been constructed under the last uh, the, the, the current paradigm. regime under yeah. the old paradigm that's right and, and the scientific industrial mindset is one to 
tweak things to its own advantage and you've, we've seen that through the sort of gerrymandering of um, yeah. actual districts and those sorts of things. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. In, 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 the, in America, the Republicans have done an even better job than the Democrats doing that there, so you've got the same sort of weighted system. And to some degree, we have that here in this country too, for sure. We do too. In general, it's very hard for the for the public to have any immediate, immediate impact on politics. You know, we, we really have to wait until the the term elections come around in order to vote and even then you know you get to vote uh, for whichever one of two bad choices you wish to vote for so it, it is problematic and uh, radical change is needed and radical change is coming uh, and we're seeing the evidence of that through the regressive values shift so even though you know when i say it's it's not progress it really is in a way because when we see things going backwards like this it's an indicator that we're getting closer to mm. the big leap forward mm. yeah the hardest thing of course is when it impacts on you personally which is what we're all also talking about today the psychological and emotional effects of these things i think that's where it's difficult for many people to to take that broader that bigger view is when you feel constricted and when you feel like you don't know what to do or how to do and that there's a lot of insecurity in the world. That's right. We do. We joke about tinfoil hats, but maybe <laughs> we actually need to get some tinfoil hats to keep those cosmic rays off and uh, keep our brains in good order. That's right. We'll be, we'll be uh, bringing them to you next year, uh, the tinfoil hats, That's only right. $99.99. Cents. Cents. It's very cheap. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage. Emerge. Activate and spiral up. That's where you are tuned, Bay FM, and it's just exactly 10 o'clock on the old clock time. Thanks for your texts. A couple also with regards to what we're talking about. Great discussion, guys. Thanks to MW. He says, uh, this Thursday, the 19th of December, the sun has its annual alignment with the galactic centre, and that's true. Uh, the galactic centre being at 26 degrees or so, Sagittarius. Uh, Jupiter, the largest planet, of course, in the solar system, exactly aligned with the galactic centre on the 19th of November as part of uh, Jupiter's 12-year, 11-12-year cycle. And apparently the intercycle with the sun is known to increase sunspots, volcanic activity, activity etc when these two planets move through that uh, um, this uh, this area of Sagittarius at the centre of our galaxy at 26 degrees so yeah interesting times indeed this time of year always yeah right mm. and and there are relationships between the central sun in the galaxy and our own sun uh, remote relationships that again aren't really understood by mainstream yeah. science just yet yeah. I just posted on our Twitter and Facebook accounts a really really spectacular phenomenon that was witnessed in Sweden uh, just very recently, it's called a 22-degree halo, and uh, it's it's a photo taken at a ski resort, and basically, uh, it's a massive, big halo around the sun, uh, and uh, it it almost looks like there are multiple suns. It's very, very spectacular. If you want to check it out, uh, take a look at our Twitter or our Facebook. It's uh, it's worth a look. Absolutely, very beautiful. And thanks also for the, the communications coming from uh, here and there, and from afar. In fact, thanks to our good friend Ross Hill, uh, who is often a guest on the show when he's up town. He's uh, texted in from somewhere else. He's listening in. He's got his iPad up there with a Bay FM page and. He's He's listening to us. I think that's the Tesla. In the Tesla, I think. In the Tesla. He's yeah. in the Tesla. Just, uh, you're in the red Tesla, mate. Oh, my God. He's just taking delivery of his Model 3. <laughs> He's doing his and, bit. Uh, hopefully he hasn't got any speeding tickets yet. <laughs> They're very fast, aren't they, as we've, as we've mentioned they before. They are. They're Recently, uh, someone posted something on the internet about, a, I think it was a quarter-mile uh, drag competition between oh, yeah. uh, Lamborghini Hurricane and a Tesla Model 3 and the, and the Tesla 1. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, which is pretty extraordinary. Uh, you see a few around here, of course, and they're just 
glide by. It's uh, it's certainly part of the future. Well, it's here now, as we often talk about, just yeah. not evenly distributed. I don't <laughs> exactly. have one. Exactly, me either. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know, we might get a ride in Ross's. If, uh, We're going to get a ride in Ross's and yeah. possibly out in the centre of Australia if you can make it out there, Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough in talk, uh, but hello to all of our friends out there in uh, in uh, Radio Land and also in Podcastville. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Ross is now saying can confirm it's fast and drives itself uh, fairly well okay. <laughs> drives itself fairly well goodness gracious me you cutting edge people so young and vital I love it um, we're talking about uncertainty and, 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 uh, and the complexity of life conditions on earth at the moment in so many ways and there's so many indicators and you've got a few other examples of some of the, the uh, uncertainty that's clearly going on on the planet in terms of the old paradigm yeah. shaking and I might trembling. Just, uh, I might just say too that what we're using to navigate the uncertainty is a deep understanding of human values and how mm. human values are changing and so by understanding the direction that human values are headed in and the the uh, themes that are changing, the general themes and the general understanding of reality and uh, the general way that we adapt to cope with complex problems um, by understanding those themes and uh, and the underlying patterns, then it makes it a little easier to cope with the uncertainty because you, we, we have a rough idea where things are headed mm. and we don't know exactly what's going to happen every day, but we do know in the long run uh, the direction that things are li- very, very likely to uh, to roll out. Um, and uh, we've been talking about if you've been listening to the show throughout the year you know that we've been mentioning occasionally the indicators that have been pointing towards a major financial hiccup uh, early in 2020 um, particularly around the middle of January and whether whether it has uh, immediate impact or whether it takes some time to roll out to the west of the world we don't know but uh, there are a number of different indicators and from radically different sources as well that are pointing towards some kind of hard landing, economic hard landing as it's been called uh, in January next year. And uh, I'm starting to see the impact of, of that locally on, uh, on some businesses that I interact with. Uh, and we hope that uh, you have been listening. I hope that you've been making some provisions for the possibility of that happening. Um, one of the uh, connected uh, things is uh, that we have been talking about again recently is the what seems to be the impending collapse of Deutsche Bank and uh, that has massive implications because Deutsche Bank is uh, has its tentacles through a whole bunch of other banks around the world and is extremely influential in Europe uh, and so if it does go down it could quite possibly be the trigger for some kind of global financial crash. Uh, and uh, the word on the streets is that it's uh, it's certainly looking like that's going to happen at this point. Um, but they came out in the midst of all of their woes. Uh, Deutsche Bank came out just a couple of days ago, or about a week ago actually, and said that cryptocurrency could replace cash by 2030 as the fiat system, that is the fiat currency system, looks fragile. Um, and uh, they would know about the fragility. Uh, and the, the quick take on this article is that crypto has the potential to replace cash in the next decade, according to Deutsche Bank research. The current fiat system looks fragile, particularly because of decades of low labour costs and inflation. Uh, and then crypto, however, needs to become legal in the eyes of governments and regulators to become widespread. So that mm. article mm. I'm quoting from was published on the 7th of December. And then, lo and behold, who would have predicted it, but uh, um, around the same time, Germany passed a law enabling banks to store cryptocurrencies. 
So uh, it makes me wonder what's going on behind the scenes there where the Deutsche Bank's uh, dumping all of its capital across into cryptocurrency or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, or, or maybe looking to cryptocurrency as a way of saving itself. Uh, but uh, that's a, a fairly groundbreaking bill that they passed in Germany, uh, Germany allowing banks to store cryptocurrency. So it's, mm. it's really uh, providing legitimacy uh, and, uh, and legal operating capacity to banks in, in terms of cryptocurrency, which is a, a real game changer. So it'll be interesting yes. to watch what happens around the world as a result of that German decision and whether other mm. countries follow suit. I, I, I'm guessing that they will. It's just a matter of time, how long uh, that takes to roll itself out. It's interesting. I have in front of me a little bit related here. I've just been looking at some relevant things, uh, a website called Policy Uncertainty. Dot com, which uh, configures a thing called the Global Economic Policy Uncertainty Index uh, from 1997 to 2017, a couple of years ago. And uh, interesting with regards to cryptocurrency and these changes in the economic structures that are clearly moving forward in, in the marketplace out there. This Economic Policy Uncertainty Index in 1997 was sitting uh, down here at, at 75 that's on their particular scale. And in recent years, and particularly since the global financial crisis in 2008-9, it's risen up to between 175 and 225. So it's sort of trebled or more in this last period of time. In the last year or so, with uh, things like the European uh, immigration crisis, as it's seen, Brexit referendum, the Trump election, and the political turmoil in countries like Brazil, France, South Korea, and there's many others now. This is 2017. It's up to here that uh, that index has gone up as high as nearly 325. So you're seeing an, an incredible. Uh, uncertainty in economic policy around the world and increasing all the time. Yeah, and uh, and it seems to be uh, widespread. You know, it, it's it's almost all of the indicators are pointing in the same direction at the moment. And um, as with all complex systems, you get a volatility where often things yes. will peak in the opposite direction before they actually crash. <laughs> and in fact, the graph does that, of course, too. Yeah. It has a, has a lot of peaks. The amplitude is increasing as uh, overall as time goes on between the highs and lows. Yeah, and you'll get that change dynamic in all complex systems, including climate, where you'll get trends in the opposite direction, radical trends in the opposite direction, just before you get the big crunch. Yeah. Happening, yeah, and and that's also in relation to climate. Why we we ought to be patient and careful about what we choose to do at the moment, in the midst of the uncertainty. Hmm. Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia, at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense.